Welcome back. Professor Victor Davis Hansen asks, what ultimately ended the nihilistic Soviet system? Was it not that Russians finally tired of the Kremlin's lies and hypocrisies that permeated every facet of their falsified lives, he asks? Here are 10 symptoms of Sovietism. Ask yourself whether we are headed down the same road to perdition. Professor Hansen asks of you. One, there was no escape from ideological indoctrination. Anywhere, anywhere, a job in the bureaucracy or the military assignment hinged not so much on merit, expertise, or past achievement. What mattered was loud enthusiasm for the Soviet system. Wokeness is becoming our new Soviet-like state Religion careerists assert that America was always and still is a systematically racist country without ever producing proof or a sustained argument. Two, the Soviets fused their press with the government. Pravda, or truth, was the official megaphone of state-sanctioned lies. Journalists simply regurgitated the talking points of their party partners. In 2017, some university and independent media monitoring centers found that 93% of American network media coverage of the early Trump administration was negative. The most inflammatory of the media's political assertions, Trump-Russia collusion, Hunter Biden's laptop was a product of Russian disinformation, and Capitol Officer Brian Sicknick was murdered by a Trump rioter inside the Capitol. This was all false, all false. Three, the Soviet surveillance state enlisted apparatchiks and lackeys to ferret out ideological dissidents. Recently, we learned that the Department of Defense is reviewing its rosters to spot insurrectionary sentiments. The Postal Service recently admitted it uses tracking programs to monitor the social media postings of Americans. Left-wing CNN recently alleged that Biden administration's Department of Homeland Security is considering partnering with private surveillance firms to get around government prohibitions on scrutinizing Americans' expression. From 2015 to 2017, the FBI, CIA, and Justice Department engaged in efforts to monitor and injure the Trump campaign and then sabotage a presidential transition for the Soviet educational system sought not to enlighten, but to indoctrinate young minds in proper government-approved thought. Currently, cash-strapped universities nationwide are hiring thousands of diversity, equity, and inclusion staffers and administrators. Their chief task is to scan admissions, hiring, curriculum, and administration of universities like good commissars, our diversity czars police compliance with the official narrative that a flawed America must confess, apologize, and renounce its evil foundations. Five, the official Soviet was run by a pampered elite, exempt from the ramifications of its own radical socialist ideologies. So, too, woke Silicon Valley billionaires talk socialistically but live like royalty. Coke and Delta Airlines CEOs who hector Americans on their illiberality respectively make over $16 million a year. 
What unites current woke activists like Oprah Winfrey, LeBron James, Mark Zuckerberg, and the Obamas are their huge estates and their multi-million dollar wealth, just as the select few of the old Soviet nomenclatura had their Black Sea Dachas. So our loudest top-down revolutionaries prefer living in Martha's Vineyard, Beverly Hills, Montecito, and Malibu. Six, the Soviets mastered Trotskyization or the rewriting and airbrushing away of history to fabricate present reality. Are Americans any different when they indulge in a frenzy of name-calling, nighttime statute-toppling, monument-defacing, book-banning, and cancellation? Seven, the Soviets created a climate of fear and rewarded stool pigeons to root and rat out all potential enemies of the people. Since when did Americans encourage co-workers to turn in others for an ill-considered word in a private conversation? Why do thousands now scour the Internet to find any past incorrect expression of a competitor, rival, or opponent? Why are there now new thought criminals supposedly guilty of climate racism, immigration racism, vaccination racism, and almost anything racism? Eight, Soviet law, state prosecutors, and courts were weaponized. According to ideology, in America, where and for what reason you riot determines whether you face legal consequences. Politically correct sanctuary cities with impunity, defy the law. Jury members are terrified of being doxxed and hunted down for an incorrect vote. The CIA and FBI are becoming as ideological as the old KGB. Nine, the Soviets doled out prizes on the basis of correct Soviet thought. In America, now most concede that Emmy, Grammy, Tony, and Oscar awards or Pulitzer Prizes do not reflect the year's best television show, song, play, movie, or book, rather than the most pl- politically correct production from the most woke arena. Ten, the Soviets offered no apologies for extinguishing freedom. Instead, they boasted they were advocates of equity, champions of the un- underclass, enemies of privilege, and therefore could terminate anyone or anything they pleased. Our wokists are similarly defending their thought control efforts. Forced re-education sessions, scripted confessionals, mandatory apologies, Trotskyization of our past and cancel culture on the pretense that we need long overdue fundamental transformation. So if they destroy people in the name of equity, then their nihilism is justified. Trotskyization as Professor Hansen describes it. It's my biggest and most long-term concern for America. But what struck me in his list, and I found myself rereading this sentence a few times, not figuring out why something about it was giving me pause. It was this sentence, quote, what unites current woke activists like Oprah Winfrey, LeBron James, Mark Zuckerberg, and the Obamas are their huge estates and their multi-million dollar wealth, just as the select few of the old Soviet nomenclatura had their Black Sea Dachas, so our loudest top-down revolutionaries prefer living in Martha's Vineyard, Beverly Hills, etc. I read that and reread it until I realized in this systematically racist country, 
one that was problematically, we were lectured, anti-Semitic in 2017 and 2018, and never treated a black man as a full human being, as Kamala Harris says, this systematically racist country can find in that list of four captains of the universe Oprah Winfrey, LeBron James, Mark Zuckerberg, and the Obamas. Among that group of three African Americans and one Jewish American, we have the wealth of about $120 billion. Billion. Billions of worth for Winfrey and Zuckerberg, millions for the Obamas, and tens of millions for LeBron James. Two out of those four, Winfrey and James, when not doing their regular job, royalty interviews, and basketball playing, make news for their denunciations of America and how racist and hard to get ahead here it is. Some even want to physically target the police. One of the four has no problem in engaging in partisan and ideological censorship that finds the former president of the United States beyond the pale, but not pages dedicated to Ayatollahs Khomeini or Khamenei or run by Louis Farrakhan, argue fires on behalf of anti-gay, anti-Semitic, and genocidal literal bigotry. One of them was the most powerful man in the world, having been raised in America and having gotten Americans to vote for him twice to be the most powerful man in the world. So things have become so divorced from reality between the woke lectures and the facts on the ground that we might as well have Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos complaining that white men can't succeed in America. It's that absurd. It's that divorced from reality. We'd laugh at someone who agreed with that. We'd cancel, however, or censor or at a minimum condemn those who point out the same to Winfrey and James and the Obamas and the Zuckerbergs. And one could add a great many others. Why not add Colin Kaepernick while we're at it? I believe his last salary I read about from Nike was over $20 million a year. There's an old saying in the military. If the map and the ground don't agree, the map is wrong. Well, the map here is wrong because it doesn't agree with what's happening on the ground here. Woke racism. Woke racism. Asian American writer Helen Rowley writes the following. The only difference between the skinheads and the woke left is that the woke left hides its racism under cover of nice-sounding words such as fact-finding and equity and disparate impact and anti-racism and social justice. The woke left's racism is not a phenomenon that exists on social media exclusively, though. It has permeated throughout our society, from the government to health care to corporations and schools. It is becoming a systemic problem in America. Woke racism has influenced how governments at both the federal and the state and local levels have structured COVID-19 aid programs for Americans. For instance, as soon as Joe Biden became the president, he announced that his administration would restructure the COVID-related small business loan program by prioritizing businesses owned by minority and female Americans. 
A month later, Democrats in Congress wrote a special clause in the American Rescue Plan, a federal COVID-19 relief package instructing the Secretary of Agriculture to provide debt relief to farmers based not on their need, but their race. At the local level, think about Democratic Oakland, California Mayor Libby Schaff, who announced last month that the city would hand out a monthly guaranteed payments to its black and indigenous families and other people of color, but poor whites who live below the poverty line are not eligible. Mayor Schaff is a member of the National Mayors for a Guaranteed Income, and she hopes to eventually export her city's race-based basic income program throughout the nation. Incidentally, Oakland is a basket case. Woke racism has also influenced health care decisions. Some woke health experts argued that social justice concern alongside science should drive CDC decisions about how to prioritize vaccine distribution. The CDC created a social vulnerability index to help guide distribution. The index de-emphasized the elderly even though they are the most vulnerable segment and it suffered the highest fatality rate over the pandemic. According to the New York Times, woke experts only spoke about how letting the older populations who are also whiter die helps, quote, level the playing field, close quote. Remember that old phrase? Well, it's back. An infectious disease expert at Harvard even argued that teachers weren't essential workers because too often, quote, they're white, close quote. For anyone ever wondering how a death panel of government-run health care might operate in practice, these woke experts' normalization of racism should send chills down the spine. Given the growing wokeness of America's big corporations, no one should be surprised to learn that American workers are indoctrinated with woke racism disguised as mandatory diversity training, for example— Employees at Coca-Cola are required to take a diversity training course that says they be, quote, less white, close quote, and thus less oppressive, quote, close quote. The company ultimately pulled the training after a whistleblower exposed it to the public, but there's no doubt many American workers are still engaged in similar training throughout corporate America. The Cambridge Dictionary defines racism as policies and practices that, quote, result in and support an unfair advantage to some people and an unfair or harmful treatment of others based on race, close quote. By this definition, what the woke left practices is racism. It seems that everything the woke left does, regardless of its rhetoric, will result in unfair advantage for some and harm for others based exclusively on skin pigment. Since the woke left controls our government, corporate America, mainstream media, healthcare, and education, woke racism has become the systematic problem that keeps America so divided. For America to achieve genuine healing and equality of opportunity for all, we must confront it the same way we confronted old school racism. It is, after all, the same thing. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Uh, Bill, you were, um, you were uh, telling me about a billboard you saw that you had a question about. You were driving, what, the 51 or something today? Tell me, tell me what you saw. Tell the audience what, what, what went down here. Oh, yes, I'd like to thank ADOT for telling me I maybe can get some of my rights back under certain conditions in the future. The billboard read, want to get back to normal? Get vaccinated. Want to get back to normal? Get vaccinated? I thought getting back to normal meant no more distancing, no more masks. Did Kamala Harris really kiss her husband with them both being masked, even though they're both. Oh, this is lovely. All right, let me address that when we come back. We'll be right back. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. What's this phrase? If you want to get back to normal, where get a vaccine? Okay, we'll we'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Listener Joe in Glendale writes, Whoa, not that acid rock again. My oh my, awful. Yikes. I don't even know if millennials care for it. What acid rock did we play? We don't Touch have... of Grey, maybe? That Grateful Dead song? <laughs> That's we not have that. acid rock, is it? Oh, I don't know. Is Touch of Grey, is Grateful Dead acid rock? Is hippie rock acid rock? That's a great question. I always thought – that's a great question. I always thought acid rock – I guess we don't know. How did Lincoln put it? We all use the same term, but we may not all mean the same thing. This world has never had a good definition of acid rock. Yeah, but Justice Potter Stewart knows acid rock when he hears it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well done, Bill. Well done. Did you even know who Potter Stewart was seven years ago? Yes, you ready for why? Yeah, sports. You, Steve Zabin, has mentioned the Seth him. of sports radio. Yes, really. He had mentioned him a long time ago. Are you who? Give me the bio of this guy. We got to get him on. Oh well, he was in your area, D.C., for a long time. How do you Did spell you? his last name? C Z A B A N. I believe it's Polish. Can you, as a producer, go get him on this show for me and tell him everything? Just effort it. I, I will give it. a Take shot. a little work. Go to his website, zabe.com. I'm sure there's a content. Tell him about zabe.com. Yeah. Whatever it is, just go get this guy. We got to – I, I want to meet this guy. We're the same age, evidently. He got his bio there, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Born in 68, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like me to play this game, I will. Yeah, please play the I've game. I've done it before. He's, he's, he's well-known? Yeah, at a national show for a while. Now, maybe he local. could. Maybe he could be a uh, guest host occasionally. Sure. You've run out of things to say. Acid rock is a loosely defined type of rock movement that evolved out of the 1960s garage punk style. Is generally defined by heavy distorted guitars, lyrics with drug references, and long improvised. I just thought it was Pink Floyd, frankly. Now I'm stumped. Yeah. This yeah, is I just to thought it was than yacht rock. Huh. It's harder to define than yacht yeah. rock, it sounds like. Yeah. I wouldn't – I don't know. Okay. I, I guess Grateful Dead is acid rock. I wouldn't think Touch of Grey is that way. In any event, can we talk about your bump, your A dot sign? Tell, sure. Tell everyone what the A dot sign says. 
If you'd like to get back to normal, get vaccinated. Okay. So what does getting back to normal mean? Does it mean not wearing a mask? Does it mean having a backyard barbecue with friends and family? Does it mean going to summer camp? Again, the CDC, this this drives me nuts. The CDC released new guidelines for summer camp. Now, remember, kids have been punished a lot. Did you hear Gorka's thing today earlier? He played a kid not wanting to wear a mask, getting on a school bus, crying. It made your heart rent. You were made of stone if this didn't move you. Hearing this kid screaming, oh, my gosh, and... Gorka said, what are we doing to ourselves? And he's absolutely right. What are we doing to ourselves? The CDC, so summer camp. So the kids have had a bad couple, had, have had a really bad year and a half, year now, year and a half by summertime. For those that like summer camp and go to summer camp and think it might be a nice refreshing thing, let's establish ahead of time what we established yesterday. Let's agree, shall we? that probably most of the kids going to summer camp that go will be from households that are not on team virus or team panic or team fear, but mostly team reality. Can we stipulate that? It's probably true, but it doesn't matter if it's true. We are told get a vaccine and the CDC gives us this. For summer, for summer camp, masks must be worn at all times, even outdoors, by everyone, including vaccinated adults and children as young as two. The exceptions, eating and swimming, thank God. Campers must remain three feet apart from each other at all times, including outdoors, except when dining, then it has to be six feet of distance. If you need to sneeze and you don't have a tissue, do it into your mask. Presumably the kids all will be carrying a cachet of spares, as the New York magazine puts it. Okay, let me tell you what all that would mean when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. If you're worried about your power bill increases coming from the utility companies here, you don't really need to worry. You can rest assured that's going to happen. So if you're thinking about going solar as an alternative, I want you to call my friend, Solar Sandy, or send her an email. Solar Sandy brought integrity back to solar in Arizona, true enough. But she also actually figured out how to truly zero out your power bill. It's so important when going solar, you do it the right way, and Solar Sandy is the right way. She'll do appointments in person or Zoom, and I encourage you to read the testimonials on her website, asksolarsandy.com. They're really amazing. She has a great reputation, and you'll see why? She wants to put more money in your pocket. So if you sign up now, she'll pay your power bills for one year and your solar panel payments for one year, and you will receive a $1,000 bonus at signing. Give her a call at 623-850-8229 or visit her at asksolarsandy.com. Again, 
Power bills for one year, covered. Solar panel payments, first year, covered. And a $1,000 bonus at signing. Check her out at AskSolarSandy.com. Yeah, I was right. Kamala Harris and husband Doug Emhoff kiss with masks on despite being vaccinated. The masked kissers, the New York Post calls it. Vice President Kamala Harris and second gentleman Doug Emhoff caused an Internet uproar Wednesday when they exchanged a brief smooch while wearing masks, despite the fact that both received their second vaccine dose in late January. So is that what getting back to normal means? You can kiss your spouse if you're both both double double vaccinated if you're wearing masks. This is why the A dot sign rings so dang hollow. Listener James writes in, sorry this is a rushed email, but I also saw that A dot sign today and it made me furious because I know that de Blasio just pretty much held New York City hostage by telling people that the mass restrictions will not go will not be lifted until vaccination is near one hundred percent and it infuriates me that Arizona would even credit the idea of threatening the people with vaccination, threatening the people with withholding normal if they don't get vaccinated. Good good point. Um, Charles writes, I liked your quote, when the ground doesn't agree with the map, the ground is wrong. Excuse me, when the ground doesn't agree with the map, the map is wrong. Go with the ground. Too bad Kamala Harris foolishly ignored such a suggestion when she said, I don't need to go to the border to find out what the roots of the problem are. Um, Yeah, they don't have any sense of the ground either, do they, Charles? Masks. Children and masks. This professor writes... um, Experts have pointed out asymptomatic spread while possible seems uncommon in child care settings. Useful proxies for schools, particularly for younger grades. Despite sensationalized headlines on children's viral load, multiple reviews and contract tracing studies have failed to find instances of children infecting teachers. Um, One recent Norwegian study estimated that with low community transmission, 200,000 people would need to wear face masks to prevent one new infection per week. Even with the elevated transmission, the number is 70,000. These figures suggest that if Philadelphia or D.C. respectively opened all their public schools, having every student wear a mask would prevent one infection, not one hospitalization or death, one infection per week. While other studies postulate greater benefits from masks for healthy people, they are not conducted on children and typically assume high asymptomatic transmission which is just not relevant in the pediatric population. And no one is considering the adverse outcomes. Children at low risks for COVID um, are less likely to have effective coping strategies, and their brains are still developing. Thus, the debate over students wearing masks or summer school or summer campers wearing masks is fundamentally different from the debate over masks for adults running errands into a CVS or a grocery store. Pediatric mask wearing has been found to have discernible effects on fear, anxiety, and language development. The author of one review on the topic recommended limiting the populations of children required to wear masks, the duration of the mask wearing, and the setting in which 
They're required. In one survey, young adults wearing masks due to COVID-19, 97% perceived inconvenience or adverse effects. 35% reported difficulty breathing. Mask wearing at longer durations can impact thermoregulation and thermal stress. A recent study found masks to have a, quote, negative impact on cardiopulmonary capacity and the quality of life, close quote, and recommended these effects be balanced against potential reductions in viral transmissions. It's important to remember when we consider children that the adverse effects are not merely inconveniences, but with increased anxiety and physical stress, you have material impacts on short and long-term health, well-being, and potential for children. And with children and disabilities, it's even worse, including sensory processing disorder, autism spectrum disorder, and mental health and intellectual disabilities. That's why the World Health Organization does not mandate children wear masks, not children of any age. And it impedes verbal and nonverbal communication and, by extension, language development and social skills. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I keep redounding to Harrison Bergeron. Um, What you can do to a society with this while you tell us that we can return to normal if we're vaccinated. All these rules about children having to wear masks post-vaccination tells me you're lying. We're not returning to normal. As far as the vaccines, I don't know what your opinion is on them. I'm happy to hear it. I, I would be interested. Are you pro or con for yourself getting a vaccine? I sent an email to some friends when the vaccine was being released in December And I said, sorry, just a thought, fever and muscle pain. That's what the Wall Street Journal says are the side effects of the COVID vaccine. The Arizona Republic says, quote, joint and muscle aches, close quote. Okay, are we just going to keep fooling ourselves to death? The FDI website says, quote, the most commonly reported side effects, which typically lasted several days, were pain at the injection site, tiredness, headache, muscle pain, chills, joint pain, and fever, close quote. I thought fever, aches, and pain for several days was what happened if you're under 75 and got COVID. Are you planning on taking the vaccine? I'd be curious to know. Why? Why not? Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I'm Seth Leibson. Jason's in Phoenix. Hi, Jason. Jason, do we have you? Hey, Seth, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, just to give you my, my experience, I actually had COVID uh, back in December and would have never known I had it um, but for the positive test. And I did lose my taste and smell for, you know, five or six days. Uh, very mild symptoms. I decided to go ahead and get the vaccine, um, and I actually waited until I could get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Um, and the day after I got the vaccine, it was it was a pretty intense. I would say six to eight hours of you know headaches, some other symptoms. Definitely worse than when I had COVID. But uh, I you know next day I was fine, so I just decided to get the vaccine. But that's just Jason, that's interesting. Uh, How long between your virus and the vaccine, how much time it passed? 
it was about so December, so it was about you know, a little little over ninety days, hundred days or so. Um, other questions. What what made you want to get tested? Was it because of the loss of smell, or were you exposed? Of what made me get the vaccine? No, the test. The test. When you said you were oh, tested. Oh, the test. Yeah. yeah, somebody else said I was close to tested positive, so I we went went ahead and got got the test. And now the uh, final question. What decade? Well, I have three, two more questions. What decade of life are you in? What decade? I'm in my fourth decade. You're in your forties. Yep. Would you take the vaccine again? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know because I, you know, I, I'm one that kind of takes the flu shot sporadically. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So do you I get sick with the flu shot? A good point. I don't even really think about it, but probably not. Probably not. Do, we, uh, do you get sick or ill with the flu shot? Uh, and that's the other thing. You know, it's hit or miss with when yeah. I when I've taken the flu shot, I've got. Well, this this is great testimony. I'd love to hear from others. I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's just hard to believe what the journalists are telling us. And when you see all of government and all of journalism pushing one direction, I'm sorry. I just kind of want to retract a little bit. Oh, I just something about it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't love it when all the culture is forcing in one direction on something. That common sense kind of tells you has some questions around it, including think about the measles. Oh, gosh. Think about measles and the vaccine you get for measles. No one thinks about it afterwards, right? Measles is one of the most transmissive. uh, Is that the right word? One of the one of the viruses most easily transmissible. No one thinks about it at the vaccine. No one wears masks. We're told we have to vaccine and get masks. Makes no sense. 